Well, good morning. I wonder how many of you during this season have either been on holiday or are getting ready to go on holiday, um, maybe abroad or maybe here, maybe camping, maybe at Airbnb. Is anyone kind of planning some holidays coming up? Yeah, quite a few. Okay. I wonder, when you're planning to go away somewhere, there's, there's quite a lot to do really, isn't there, to, to get ready for it. We can't just get up and go. We need to prepare. When you're packing up, how much time is spent? Do you spend maybe preparing, getting ready, maybe getting the kids ready as well, or getting someone else ready? There are bags to pack. Maybe there's money to go and get exchanged if you're going abroad. Or maybe there are those swimsuits that you need to check still fit. Or maybe uh, you need to get ready for doing exciting stuff when you go away. Are you uh, going hiking up mountains or going near the sea? Do you need to check your walking boots still fit? Or are you going to take a camera because maybe there's going to be amazing sights that you're going to see? We need to prepare for all these things. Now imagine if you were going away on holiday and the way you prepared was to get your house that you live in sorted. What, what if there was that kind of DIY project that you were like, oh, before I go away, I'll, I'll just do that, that project. Or actually, there was this thing that I really wanted to buy for the, some furniture. I think I'll just um, get that as well before we go away. Or maybe you're like, um, this might be true for some of us, I want to have a, a deep clean of the house before I go away, you know, so that the house is nice when I'm not here. Or, or maybe I want to fill up the fridge so it looks amazing with fresh fruit and, and loads of things in the freezer while I'm away. But you're not going to be there. You're not going to be able to enjoy all of those things. So why would you go to all that effort to um, fill up the fridge or to clean your house? We need to prepare for what is going to come. We need to get our bags packed. We need to get ready for where we're going. Do you maybe see where I'm going with this? <laughs> Okay, so the parable that we read today is, uh, needs to be understood in, understood in the context in which it's read. In fact, whenever we're reading a parable or any small section, it's always good to kind of read a bit before and read a bit afterwards so that we know what is going on. Quite often Jesus is, is saying a parable to kind of have a little idea of a bigger thing that he's trying to teach that's going on in that particular area. So in this context, Jesus is preparing his disciples for the coming kingdom. So they've realized that Jesus is Lord. They're confessing to that. And they are also being warned by Jesus to be ready and waiting because nobody knows when the fulfillment of the kingdom is going to fully come. So he's preparing his disciples. And this parable in that context is demonstrating the foolishness to prepare for the immediate, for those things that won't last, as opposed to preparing for those things which are to come, which will last. 
So if you've got your Bibles, um, I'd love us just to have a quick look at that parable again. I'm going to uh, read through it again and let's notice what um, is going on here. But before the actual parable that Jesus speaks, he's responding to a request from this person who is wanting Jesus to set, settle this like family matter that's going on. It's uh, about inheritance between two siblings. He's not giving me my money. I need, I need it back. Jesus, come and sort it out. You know, that sort of thing. Now, one of the reasons why this person might have gone up to Jesus is because actually in the Old Testament, when Moses was leading the Israelites, he would often have settled those sorts of matters. He um, had all sorts of laws and um, kind of ideals of this is how you deal with all of these sort of things. So there is this kind of idea that a prophet might have these uh, these laws, these ways of getting around these tricky situations between our families. But Jesus is not following suit. After all, he is not just a prophet leader. He is a bit more than that. So he redirects the request to talk instead about being careful of greed. Okay, so let's see what we notice as uh, we read what Jesus says about this particular character. So, the land of a rich man produced abundantly. So he thought to himself, what should I do? For I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, I will do this. I will put down my, pull down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I will store my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have ample of goods laid down for loads of years. Eat, relax, be merry. But God said to him, you fool. This very night your life is being demanded of you and the things you've prepared, whose will they be? Did you notice how often the rich man says, I, me, myself, my gain, my barns, my goods? There's this sufficient uh, independence, this self-sufficiency that's, um, that's been noticed here. And sometimes we sort of see that that's actually a really good thing and we all look to be independent so often, especially in our times today. So we might look at him and say, gosh, yeah, you've done really well for yourself. Well done, chill out. But what about the bigger picture that's going on here? Who has he left out when he was thinking of himself? Did he have a family? Did he have an extended family? Or what about the neighbors? Or what about the workers? Would he really have been able to harvest all of those crops and grains for, him for himself, or even build those storehouses all by himself? Unlikely, a rich man probably would have had workers working for him or um, people to help gather in the crops so what about their share? What are they going to get? 
this story shows that he doesn't really have much compassion or thought for other people here. His eyes are blinkered and set for his own gain. Okay, what also about um, where does God come into this? This is a story um, that Jesus tells, but God comes right at the very end before this guy has even, sorry, not before, way after he's made up his mind, after he's, he's decided what he's going to do with all of this abundance. Do you think he even had a moment to consider God in all of those decisions he made? When was he going to ask God, what should I do with this abundance? It was a surprise to him. Or even, when was he going to praise God and say, thank you for your provision? It wasn't all on his own that he grew this crop. When was he going to praise God? I wonder how often we sometimes forget God's guidance, especially when we seem to have things going quite well for us when we're enjoying our holidays, when do we remember God? Or is uh, thanking God, is that the first thing that comes to your mind? Or is it, oh great, yeah, I've got this thing so I can buy this other thing. I have to admit, um, we got our first pay packet this month for uh, for our new job, which was all very lovely. And um, probably because of the job lines that I've had before, it's actually the most I've ever earned, which is amazing. Um, but it's so interesting how quickly I can jump to thinking, oh yeah, I do need to update my wardrobe a little bit, or actually there are some things in the house that we could do with buying before we do anything else. Or maybe even I've been thinking, this is great, I can set up a savings account and we can start um, thinking about the future. But when I'm, when I'm receiving this money, how am I preparing for God's coming kingdom with what I've been given? How am I putting his will before my own for the income that I have? Or how am I even considering those around me who, who might also be in more need than I am? I want to uh, tell you a story about uh, a guy called John Wesley. You might have heard of him. He was uh, a great leader of the Methodist movement. Um, may or may not have heard of him. But this is just an idea of how holding on to possessions can actually weigh us down. They can make us blinded to see our daily provision of what God has given to us. When John Wesley uh, lived, he was in a time where the sort of average uh, earning and income for a comfortable living would have been about £30 a year. Might seem like a small amount, but it was a lot for then. And when he first got his pay packet, it was £28. But he decided to give £2 of it away to someone else in need. And then his earnings kept on increasing. He kept on getting more. He got 60 to uh, 150, even 1,400. But he carried on living on the 28 pounds that he originally was given. And the rest of that money was always given away. 
and when he was asked, his reasoning for it was, why would I sit on this money when there are still poor and sick and needy around me? I find this a huge challenge. I wonder if you do as well. How little can we live on in order to be living out and giving and sharing? But when our minds, when our lives become blinkered on our own concerns and what we're doing, then what about if we were to look up and look around us and see what else uh, and who else might also be in need? Now, don't worry, I'm not saying it's a, a bad thing to earn a wage or to have a lot because actually that can be a good thing and God can really bless us in that. But the challenge here and, and from this parable is what are we going to do with what God has given us? What are we going to do with it? After all, whose is it anyway? Hasn't God helped us in all that we get? And at some point we'll uh, hold on in our pockets what we have, but it doesn't really have any value when it all comes to the end. Our possessions have no worth when it comes to the end of our life, when we see Jesus, when it comes to living in eternity with God, this stuff will all fade away eventually. So how are we preparing for God's kingdom coming? You might be thinking, yeah, that's all well and good. I get it. Okay, it's good to share. We do that. That's great. Um, but I'm still going to have like a savings because that's important. And you know, just in case something goes wrong, that is not a bad thing. Uh, but it's interesting as we look later on in the chapter, again, looking at the bigger picture, uh, Jesus commands his disciples not to worry about where the next meal is coming from or if they'll have enough clothes to wear. He says, do not worry about these things. And to give you a bit of context for that, this was a genuine concern for people of this time. It would be the case where um, they wouldn't actually know if there would be food in their cupboards for the next day. Or they were not living in a time where there was a Sainsbury's down the road or where we have far too many clothes and we really need and there's actually a charity shop overflowing with them really. People would probably just have one other garment <laughs> and it, they might have got eaten by moths. That's a, a very real concept. The reason why I bring this up is to highlight the priority that Jesus requires of us to trust in him alone. Yes, we might have savings, we might have income, we might have things where are we putting our trust first in Jesus alone? It says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So whatever we're prioritizing, whatever we're seeking after, that's what our life will come to in the end. So where is our treasure? Where are those things that we're really investing in? Again, later on, Jesus says, the pagan world runs after things like food and clothes, and your father knows that you need them. 
Therefore, seek first the kingdom, and these things will be given to you. This, this verse is speaking about an order of priority in our life, not about a, a prosperity or something from doing good, but it's about seeking God's kingdom first with what we have and what we do. So how are we preparing ourselves for God's glorious kingdom to come? How are we putting God's kingdom first? I'm going to uh, pause for a moment in a minute um, just to actually invite God to speak to us, to inspire us. Um, This was an exercise that was done at New Wine, which I found really helpful. Um, But actually, God is always speaking to us and showing us, and sometimes we don't need to, you know, try and squeeze out for hours and hours. He can speak to us right here and and now. Um, But I'd love to challenge us to hear, what is God saying about what you have in your hands, what you have been given, and what might he be encouraging us to do with that, with how we live today? Now, it, it might not be material possessions. It, it might be perhaps our, our time. What about how we use our time to seek first God? What about the amount of hours in the day? I've heard of a lady who spends six hours in the morning flat on her face in the presence of God. I mean, that's a huge challenge. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's an idea. It's a thought. How many hours are we spending with Jesus or even serving Jesus, listening to him as we do, as we work? I know I could always do more than that. What about the biggest treasure that we're given? What about Jesus' gospel? Are we just holding on to it for what we have and kind of sitting on it and waiting for our inheritance to come when Jesus comes again? Or that's not really a gospel, is it? <laughs> that's, there's, there's something more with a gospel. It's to be shared. It's to be um, enjoyed by others. It's not just for us. We, we receive it so we can give it away as well and share the love of Jesus for others. So how might we be doing that with what we have, with what we're given today? Okay, so I'm going to stop just for a moment. Why don't you have a listen? Ask God, what have I been given today? How can I use it? How can I give it away for your kingdom? Okay, there'll be more time at the end as well to kind of really seek after what that might look like for today. And we'd love to pray for you afterwards. We uh, were very generously um, donated a, a barbecue the other day um, with 
by Alison and Froze, who were leaving for Australia. They couldn't take it with them, uh, so they very kindly blessed us with it, which was incredible. And actually, it's come in very handy as we actually don't have an oven at the moment, so <laughs> barbecue meals it is. Um, but that's been great. And the thing for the reason why I say that is because uh, it's not just about what we were given; it's it's something that we want to share. It kind of generosity inspires generosity. So as something was given to us, we're like, oh, we can't have this for ourselves. Uh, our small group um, was able to benefit of it for one of the first people who uh, used it as well. And this will continue. It's something that we want to continue to use and share and bless with others. Just a little a snip bit. And I'm, I'm sure and I know a lot of you are very good and generous with uh, what you have. So as we uh, come to a close, I'd like to uh, remind us back of that picture of going on holiday, of getting ready, of preparing. How are we focusing our time on preparing for the great adventures of God's kingdom rather than our large storehouses? Well, I think it's twofold in summary. So firstly, it's getting ready for that eternal kingdom, for that eternal time when we see Jesus face to face, when all of our questions are answered. So how are we preparing for that now and today? It's probably spending time with God. It's probably reminding ourselves of who he is, trying to understand the crazy greatness of God. It'd be really awkward if we kind of got to the end and we were like, oh yeah, I didn't really know you in my everyday. Or Jesus was like, hey, we never hung out. That was a shame. Let's like, you know, let's, let's try and be regular with that. Let's try and hang out with Jesus. So we are knowing the mind of him even in our everyday. Okay, and secondly, it is seeing the works of his kingdom here and now today. And it's getting involved with what that is. And that might be entrusting God with what we have. That might be being generous. Or it might even be trusting with what little we have. Trusting that he is our provider. That he will work those things out. And it might also be looking at our neighbor. Looking at those in need. And saying, God... How can I love them like you do? What can I do to help those? I'm going to draw this to a close now and um, pray. And I think there are a few people that are going to come up. If you're on the prayer ministry team, or if you feel inclined to pray with people, do come up to the side. That would be great. I would love it if, if you feel challenged or uh, if you feel like God has just been prompting you saying, yes, there's this one thing that you can do. There may be this thing that you're already doing. God wants to bless that. Why don't you come up for, for prayer and we'll just bless what God is doing and say, yes, Lord, equip this person. Um, so I would love, uh, yeah, do, do come up for prayer for that. Or it might also be, actually, you need to come back and be reminded of what it's like to hang out with Jesus, to, to be reminded of who he is, to be refreshed by God. 
we'd love to pray for you for that as well. So let me pray now, as uh, just before we worship together. God, I thank you so much that you are our provider, that all good things come from you. And Lord, as we go into this week, as we face all that is to come this week, would we have our eyes open to see you, to see where you're prompting us to live and work in your kingdom? God, would you equip us for all that we need? Amen.